Hello, everyone, and welcome to the post-Thanksgiving episode of Selling Greenville. I am your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in Greenville, South Carolina. And just a reminder, as always, you can find all of my contact information in the show notes. I'm a buyer's agent. I'm a listing agent. I do all those agent things. I work with investors, with owner-occupants, and everything in between. Um, So if you need me for any real estate needs or you just want to shoot the breeze about the podcast, feel free to reach out to uh, to me at any time using that contact information in the show notes. And as well, if you love the podcast, please go ahead and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Give us a rating. Give us a review. That helps us and all the algorithms helps us to get this podcast out to more people. And we appreciate it every time someone gives us a good rating, good review, a a new subscriber, someone that downloads episodes, all of those things. I noticed that uh, when it happens, so I appreciate it, and I appreciate you guys, our uh, loyal listeners that we have out there. Um, Today, I'm very excited for the uh, topic that we're going to be discussing because it's something that I was able to really dig into a lot of data on, and we're going to be talking about overpricing your home that you're selling or overpricing your property, what happens when you overprice a property? And there is a lot of different ideas on how to price a property. There are those that believe that you should uh, underprice your property. You should try to put it below the market and then have people swarming like vultures with multiple offer situations and jack the price up. And then there are others that believe that you should overprice your your home. In other words, just say, hey, uh, we know it's probably not going to be worth this, but you know what? It's a crazy market. Why don't we just go ahead and just list the price for way above what we think it's worth and just see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? We can just lower the price. Um, And in this market, it's really important to actually see what the what the data actually tells you because from my experience as a realtor anecdotally um, if you underprice or overprice a home here in the Greenville market you tend to not do well in in both instances you really want to determine in in my experience again what the range is that a property is worth and that's what I like to do I like to set the range this is what I think the property is worth and then basically try to list the price within that range. You might have the lower range, you have the higher range. Uh, Whether you go on the lower end of the range or the higher end of the range kind of depends on different things. It might depend on how quickly you're looking to sell the home. It might depend on uh, what the uh, economic environment is or, uh, you know, how much competition you have with other homes on the market at that time. There's a lot of things to consider. Um, But just anecdotally, from my experience, I've seen homes that are underpriced that end up selling for less than what I believe the home is worth, that I believe that the home would have sold for more if it had been listed for more. And I see, anecdotally, again, that homes that are overpriced tend to not do well also. So I decided to look into the data on this, um, specifically at overpricing homes. I haven't uh, really run the data on underpriced homes at this point. Um, That's something I'll probably do at another time to see what the data tells me on that. But I looked at overpricing homes. And here's how I ran that data. Here's how I uh, approached it. 
So I took all the homes sold in the past three months for less than five hundred thousand, uh, five hundred thousand or less, and that's just kind of an arbitrary number. You know, our median in in the Greenville MLS right now, median sold price point is around two forty or so. Um, I went with five hundred thousand because once you start getting above that you start getting some real anomalies in the data, and I, and I want the data not to be skewed. So I took the past three months, homes that have been sold for less than 500000 in the Greenville MLS, and that are in subdivisions. Um, I chose homes that are in subdivisions because this is where we're going to find the most comparable uh, comps, <laughs> obviously, um, because homes within subdivisions tend to be very similar versus, you know, just taking a bunch of homes in, quote unquote, downtown Greenville, which is not a subdivision where you might have some homes that sell for 30,000 that are falling apart, other homes that sell for 3 million, and try to compare apples to apples, it's really hard, you get a subdivision, typically, you're going to have pretty comparable properties. Um, The subdivision had to have had at least three or more sales during that three month time period. So this, again, is to make sure that we have a good data set. I felt like three homes in a three-month time period. Um, That means that subdivision is selling roughly 12 homes a year. That's a a pretty good data set to work with. And then what I did was I took those subdivisions and separated out the houses that had at least at some point during the listing process a $15,000 price drop prior to it going under contract. And that was, again, that's somewhat arbitrary. uh, But if you have a $15,000 price drop, I think it's safe to say, and and this isn't, uh, let me clarify, this isn't a home that sold for, these aren't homes that just sold for $15,000 less than what they were listed for. These were homes that were listed. And then at some point, the seller decided, or the listing agent decided it was overpriced they dropped it by $15,000 at least, and then somewhere down the road after that drop, they ended up going under contract and then selling. So I looked at, I, I backed out those houses that had at least a $15,000 price drop at some point prior to selling, and then compared those homes to the average homes, to to the averages within the neighborhoods, within the subdivisions that those homes were in, in order to determine how did those homes do compared to the average homes in those neighborhoods. These homes that were clearly overpriced, they had at least a $15,000 price drop at some point during the listing process. How did those homes actually do compared to the rest of the homes in the neighborhood? And the data is extremely interesting. So what I did was I, I looked at the I looked at that price drop. I looked at the adjusted sold price per square foot. And by adjusted I mean in the Greenville MLS, it doesn't factor in if the seller pays any of the buyer's closing costs when it takes the price per square foot. So I had to I had to take that, put that back in, and I adjusted the price per square foot to account for the closing costs because that can make a big difference as well. Um, I looked at that. I looked at the the difference between those two. Um, then I looked at the 
days on market as well because that's a really big indicator of how a listing is doing, how a home is doing when it's on the market, how the market is responding. And for a lot of people, the days on the market can be just as important or at least a of similar importance to the price that a home is sold for. Because if your home is on the market for a really long time, you have holding costs, you know, you're still having to pay your utilities, you're still having to pay your property taxes, you're still having to do all these different things. So there are holding costs associated uh, with having a home on the market for a long time. There's a, a lot of stress. Pe- a lot of people don't realize just how much stress there is, or they forget. Um, you know, they, they go for f- several years without selling a home, they forget just how stressful it is. Um, and this is one of the reasons why realtors have a job is because we can br- we're kind of like your opportunity for a lot of people that will never have an executive assistant, someone to take care of all the the details behind the scenes. This is their one opportunity a realtor can kind of act, function like an executive assistant over the transaction and take all of that stressful stuff off the plate of the seller, or at least a good realtor does. Anyway, I digress. I looked at all of these different metrics in order to figure out how homes that are overpriced are doing. And I took the averages, and I also looked at the medians as well. We, we've talked about this in other podcasts, but you want to make sure that your average and your median are somewhat close. And the reason for that is if the median is a lot different than the average, and that might mean that your average is being skewed by either something, a number that's really low or a number that's really high. Um, the median is simply the middle number in a sequence of numbers. And to give an example here, all of these results that I produced using the uh, the formula that I, I outlined before for these homes under 500,000 uh, in subdivisions, et cetera, et cetera, that produced me a data set of 101 homes. So to, to exemplify what the median would be, the median was basically 50, 51, essentially, is what the number was. It's the middle number in the sequence of numbers. So if I'm looking at these sold price per square foot, I sort it by sold price per square foot and then look at home number 51 that shows up in that list. Or if I'm looking at the days on the market, I sort it by days on the market. The median would be home number 51 by days on the market. All right, that's all the nerdy stuff. What are the actual results? The results were, to me, intuitive, but also very telling because, again, I know what I know anecdotally, but when you actually see the data, um, it really makes a big difference. So here's what I found out. The adjusted price per square foot for the homes that were overpriced, for the homes that had that $15,000 price drop at some point during the listing process, they sold for an average of $124.67 per square foot. Uh, which is good. That that's great. That's a great price. But what about the homes within their their neighborhoods, right? Because this is what I compared to. I compared those homes to the homes within their neighborhoods. Well, the average for the homes within the same neighborhoods sold for one hundred thirty six dollars and seventy cents per square foot. The homes that did not. Well, that's the that's the average for those neighborhoods, which includes 
by the way, the homes that uh, that sold for uh, that were overpriced as well. So so there's actually probably a, a, an even bigger gap in here. But that's a, a difference in average of $12 per square foot for the averages in the neighborhoods versus the homes that were overpriced. So if you, again, we're talking in, in metadata terms, we're talking in very broad terms here, but if you overprice your home by $15,000 or more, you can expect on average to lose $12 per square foot based on this data that I'm looking at from the past three months. I, I should say it this way. The past three months, if you sold your home and it was overpriced by $15,000 or more, you lost on average at least, uh, well, I shouldn't say at least, just on average $12 a square foot. Now that really adds up, right? If you're talking about a home that is 2,000 square feet, take 2,000 times $12 a square foot, uh, you've just lost $24,000. So because you tried to be, I don't want to say you were greedy. I mean, in some cases, people are being greedy. Um, and in some cases, people just, they don't know what their home is worth. And maybe their realtor doesn't know. There's a lot of realtors out there that um, will overprice a home just to get the listing. Just because they know, hey, well, I'll, I'll tell this seller you know, your home is worth 300000 when I really know it's worth, it's probably worth two fifty. But I'll just tell them, you know, hey, we'll just list it for 300000 and just see what happens. Um, and the seller likes that. None of the other realtors told them that. The other realtors were saying it was worth two fifty or so. So they have someone that comes in and says, this is worth 300000 They're like, yeah, I like that. Well, that's, that is a strategy that's uh, perhaps unethical, by the realtor, and certainly not a strategy uh, that I believe should be used, but a lot of realtors will do that knowing that, A, either the home, either they get really lucky and somehow a buyer comes along and buys a home for 300000 or they still have the listing, they convince the seller to drop the price. As they drop the price, maybe it comes down to two fifty at some point, and then they still end up selling it for two fifty. But they got the listing versus the other people that told them at the on the front end that they would sell it for two fifty. Um, so there, there's a lot of different reasons why a home could be uh, could be overpriced. It could it could be devious. It could be greed, um, greediness. Um, it could be just simply lack of understanding of the market by both the seller and the agent. Whatever the case may be, um, if you have a two thousand dollar home. I, sorry, a 2,000 square foot home and you lose $12 per square foot, you're losing a lot of money. That That's a lot of money. And um, you, you don't want to do that. You, you can, there is a better strategy of just pricing the home correctly and not having it languish on the market because this is what happens when the homes are overpriced, then they languish on the market. When it's a hot market, that causes buyers to start being concerned. Why is this home languishing on the market? Why hasn't it sold? Everything else is selling right away. Why hasn't this sold? It looks overpriced. Maybe that's an unreasonable seller. We talked about this in previous episodes, how uh, people will assume the worst. They'll assume the worst about you uh, as a buyer or as a seller. 
and people will start making all of these judgments in their mind. Um, and then what happens is once you start lowering the price, if, if you have to start doing this multiple times in particular, then the low balls start coming in. You start getting the buyers that are like, ooh, look at this. These, these people, they're starting to lower the price. They've done it a few times. Um, I, I wonder if they'll accept an offer that's $20,000 below what they have it listed at. Yeah, they, they, they're, they've already dropped the price 30000 What's another twenty? You know, and they'll look at they'll look at public records and see what the what the uh, sellers bought the house for, and see, oh yeah, they they bought this house for way you know ten years ago for a hundred thousand dollars less than what they're selling it for now. They have tons of equity. We can totally lowball them. And I mean, what's the worst that could happen? And so this is this is how the homes that are overpriced end up selling for twelve dollars per square foot less than other homes in their neighborhood. Um, and so you don't end up winning when you overprice your home. You don't want to just give in to a realtor, just have a realtor list the home uh, for a price that it's not worth. You need to see the data. It needs to be justified in the data what a home's value is. And that needs to be, you need to list it pretty close to whatever the data tells you the home is worth. Now, what about, uh, oh, and again, the median, we, we talked about this. So the, the average was $12 a square foot, and the median was $13.30 a square foot less. So that's that's pretty close. We had, you know, numbers on here that, you know, went all the way up into the $40, uh, you know, a square foot less. Uh, but looking at the average and the median, they're very close. So I, I would consider that to be pretty accurate data. You can expect around that $12 a square foot. Uh, that's going to be pretty close to what you end up selling your house uh, less for if you overprice it. And by the way, this isn't... I, I should mention one more thing for why I believe this data is accurate. And that's that obviously there were some homes that were uh, anomalies that did end up selling for more. I, I have to admit that, but we, I knew that was going to happen when I when I pulled this data. There were some homes that overperformed their neighborhood that even though they were overpriced, they ended up selling for more than their neighborhood average. Um, but those homes were vastly in the minority. Over 75% of the homes here that were overpriced sold uh, for less than the average price per square foot for their neighborhoods. It was 76.7% of the homes uh, that were overpriced sold for less than the average price per square foot. So if, if you're, you know, if that number was closer to 50%, then it might be like, okay, maybe you gamble with it and, and see what happens depending on, on some of the other data. But at 76.7%, you're, you're holding out for something uh, that honestly, there's a lot of other factors. Probably, well, I, I ran some other data. I'm not going to get in too much into the weeds here, but those homes that did tend to overperform their market tended to not be uh, they're not not be as dramatic of a price decrease as some of the other homes. So they were closer to a fifteen thousand uh, dollar price decrease during the listing process as opposed to some other homes. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. There, there's a lot of different things to consider there. The bottom line is, um, 
all the data points to you don't want to overpress your home. It's not it's not going to work out well M- almost all the time. Uh, what about days on the market? This is even more dramatic. So 78.6% of the homes that were overpriced, uh, you know, had a $15,000 price drop at some point during the listing process the past three months. 78.6% of them sold slower than the average for their neighborhood. So we're close to 80% took longer to sell than the average. And these numbers are really dramatic. Um, so the average days on market for the neighborhood uh, and and these uh, days on market, the way it's calculated in Greenville MLS, it, it's from the time it's listed until the time it goes under contract. Obviously, you have a, a contract period then that takes place that's, you know, might be 30, 45 days or more. But... For our purposes here, the days on the market is the full period of time from the time it's listed until the time it actually goes under contract. The average for this data set, which is a little bit high for for Greenville, but again, we had a very specific niche market here that we we're looking at, subdivision homes. 78, uh, 78 days was the average days on market. So how did that compare to the homes that were overpriced? Their average was 134.6 days. That is a difference of 57 days. That's almost two months longer and, and close to double. It's about 40% longer than the averages for those neighborhoods. Uh, so you're talking about a full two months longer it took for those homes to sell versus the average in those neighborhoods that is insane that is absolutely insane the you know in uh the greenville mls right now the average in general is actually less than than two months so we're talking about two months on top of what is normally the average it's just crazy it's crazy and again you have so you have holding costs on on top of uh the fact that you're losing money as well. So you're losing money at closing 75% of the time by overpricing your home. And then you're losing money and time on the on the back end as well by virtue of the fact that it's having to languish on the market for an additional two months because of uh, the fact that you overpriced it. And again here, the median is exactly the same as the average. The median uh, days on the market is also 57. So I feel like that is a a really good number that you can expect a home that is overpriced, um, or you could expect the past three months for a home that sold that was overpriced by $15,000 or more to take an additional two months to sell versus the average in those neighborhoods. Um, and just if you're curious, the average sold price, and this is part of why the days on the market, that average 78 days on the market was a, a tick higher than what we have as, as the norm um, in Greenville. It's because our average sold price was actually a lot higher uh, for this data set than, than the norm in Greenville. It was 305 
305000 was our average sold price. So that helps to put some perspective in here. Um, but regardless of how you slice and dice this data, and I looked at it a lot of different ways to try to make sure that I wasn't inserting my bias into this to make sure that you know I wasn't just having a con- drawing a conclusion that I had already made and just making the data fit my conclusion. I literally ran the data, let the data, I ran it in the most honest way I could think of in the most accurate way I could think of, if I could have done this without doing subdivision homes, if I could have included homes that aren't within subdivisions, I would have. Unfortunately, that would have taken weeks of number crunching uh, that I don't have, (laughs) weeks that I don't have to do that. Um, And so I couldn't do that. But I'll tell you this. Again, this is anecdotal, but in my experience, the, the data that you can pull from subdivisions when you're talking about metadata, it's comparable to homes that are not in subdivisions. Now, there are some anomalies when you get to unique homes like equestrian homes and lake properties and whatnot, um, and, and I'm not dealing with any of that. We're just talking on average. Um, and so here at the end of the day, here's what you can expect. If you list your home for dramatically more than it's worth, you're going to lose money in the end, almost certainly. And almost certainly, you're going to take a lot longer to to sell the home. That two months, I'm going to tell you, that is an excruciating two months of waiting for the property to sell. It's awful. You You don't want to have to experience that. And I will say this, occasionally there are situations where, I let me back up for a second. I'm very strict with, with my clients that sell with me. I tell them right up front, here's what I believe your property is worth after I've looked at the property. I have to look at the property first. I can't ever just run quick numbers um, and figure out what a property is worth without looking at it. I can give some ideas. Here's general price per square foot in your area, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, you have to see the property in order to be able to to actually determine its value. And that's that's why appraisers have to go into a property. This is, this is just common sense. I am very upfront with my sellers on what I believe a property is worth, and I'll give them the range. And I have zero interest in taking the listing if my sellers want me to try to list it above what the data says the home is worth. And and that is, it, there, there's a lot of reasons for that. One, it's damaging for my reputation. I take pride in the fact that I sell my houses quickly. Um, that's something that um, I tell other people when I'm marketing myself as a listing agent, hey, I sell homes much quicker than the average. And that's not because I underprice them. There are some realtors that they sell homes really quickly because they underprice them. I I am very proud that I show the data for what a home is worth. I price it correctly and I still sell it quickly. And I've traditionally sold it much quicker and for more money than the average realtor in the area. And that's data that we've kind of glossed over in, in passing in the past. Um, but that's that's the truth. Um, but there are some times when it's really hard to determine 
what a, a home is worth. It might have some really unique features. And those would be the only times that I would be okay with kind of pricing a home for a little bit more than what I believe that it's worth. But that's only if the home has features that are unique to the area and that might add value to the area. So recently, I had a listing. It sold uh, a few weeks ago, but the listing was uh, kind of on the west side of Greenville, kind of near uh, the Judson-ish area, um, near the hospitals and all of that. And it had a really unique double lot. Well, that you don't have any comparables for a double lot. I knew what the home would be worth without the double lot. But how much value does the double lot add? Well, there were some other factors as well. The uh, I think the double lot would have been worth a, a decent bit, except that Greenville City wouldn't allow certain subdividing of it to happen and easements had to be in place and, and a lot of different things like that that diminished the value of the double lot. But I was willing to list the home for a little bit more than I thought it was worth because I felt like that double lot may have added value. In the end, it did not add that much value because of the, of the uh, restrictions that the city of Greenville imposed on it, um, among other things. I mean, it was a unique property in, in multiple ways. Uh, but that's a very rare example. That is the exception, not the rule. Almost all the time, I would say probably 90% of the time, it's pretty straightforward the range of what a, a property is worth, regardless of whether it's in a subdivision or not. And I do a lot of research on the front end before listing a house to determine what I believe it is worth. And I'm very honest with my clients about that. You know, I show them the data. And you look at the comps, you look at what's currently available, and you go from there. Um, but I will not overprice the home. Once, once I determine from the data what the home most likely is worth, I'm not going to overprice the home because that it doesn't help me as a realtor, but it, more importantly, it doesn't help my clients. I don't want them to be the ones that are losing $12 per square foot. I don't want them to be the ones that are just waiting around for an extra two months, having to keep their house clean for an extra two months, having to be prepared for on any day a random pop-up showing might happen and they're going to have to vacate their animals, vacate their kids and all that and, and have to, to take a day to go to the mall or whatever the case may be um, and, and have to be on edge like that for an extra two months. Nobody likes that. It, nobody wins from that. And so I won't do it. And so I hope that as you're listening to this, it helps you to better understand my thought process, and but also that it helps you to better understand how the process here in Greenville works, how, why it is that so many realtors talk about how damaging it can be to overpricing your home. It's not just realtor speak. It's not just us wanting to sell homes quickly and move on to the next one you actually will put money on the table. You actually will lose money if you overprice your home. Don't listen to a smooth realtor that wants to do that. 
um, he, he or she is either misinformed or doesn't have your best interests in mind. Um, and so, obviously, I always try to keep my client's best interests in mind. So if you are looking to sell your home, if you want to uh, me to assess what your home is worth, hey, I'm happy to do that. Even if you don't list your home with me, I have listing appointments sometimes that don't work out, clients that decide that they don't want to sell their home or whatever the case may be, that is totally fine. That's a part of this business. I'm happy to go and give a home assessment to anyone that wants it. Please feel free to reach out to me. My contact information is in the show notes. Again, give us a rating, give us a review, subscribe to the show. Love you guys. I hope everyone stays safe as we enter into the holiday season, coming into Christmas and Hanukkah and all of that. It's going to be a wild ride here the next few weeks to get through the holiday season, but I hope everyone stays safe, stay warm, and let's buy and sell some homes together. 